Well, hey, everybody, Dave DeBoe here with another exciting episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, we've got a really exciting guest, Jancy Templeman. Jancy is a very accomplished real estate entrepreneur, but here's what's really cool. She flips houses, but not just one or two houses. Jancy has flipped 27 houses over the last several years, but here's what's even more impressive. Jancy is a full-time mom, as well as a real estate entrepreneur. She's got two children, I believe five and seven years old. And she has really, really focused on creating her real estate investing business around her lifestyle and around her family. So that's what I I find fascinating about Jancy's story. So Jancy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So first of all, why flipping? What got you into all of this? And were you doing this before you had the kitties? Or is this something you decided to jump into once the kitties came along? I was a personal trainer and fitness instructor when I was in my late 20s. And I had a personal training client that was a real estate investor. And she trained with me for sometimes five days a week. And I thought, how the heck does somebody afford to work with a trainer and just live this baller lifestyle. And I just thought yeah, because she was, she was probably doing her training in the middle of the day when everybody else was working and stuff, right? Yeah. It wasn't after work yeah, or taking her kids to school, going away on weekends and just having a really good lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and I saw some rich dad education thing pop up on the old banners of Facebook back in the day. And um, I clicked on it. I didn't really know anything. I had read the book, but I don't think I even went all the way through And I just thought, this is something, it's better than nothing. And uh, I showed up and she showed up to network. And I thought, she's like, what are you doing here? I said, well, I want to be like you. (laughs) And (laughs) she said, why didn't you just ask me? (laughs) Yeah. So then moving forward, all of our training sessions, a lot of it, we were talking about real estate and I felt like I'm getting paid to learn from her. And um, so that just got the ball rolling. I ended up going into business with my parents my parents were very supportive and helped me pay for education. Yeah. I didn't yeah. do it. Yeah, because that, that rich dad education back in the day sure was not cheap. I mean, you, it would yeah. be pretty easy to put down 30, 40, 50 grand for those. Yeah. Those. So um, I was able to get all of that money back on my first deal. Wow. It took me three or four months, but um, was, it, was it a flip? Did you, was your first deal? It a flip? was now what they classify as a burr. We didn't know that that's what it was. So we bought it in 2011 in the peak of what was going on in Saskatchewan, there was a huge um, expansion at the co-op refinery and there was people, guys from all over the, all over Canada there to work and no vacancies. Vacancy was 0%. And I was working as a massage therapist at the time as well. And I had a client on my table and I said, I think I'm buying a rental. He's like, I'll move in. So I hadn't even got possession of the property yet. Um, We got it from a lead from my husband. He was the executor of his uncle's estate, sat for six months, nothing was happening. I got to the house and it was the longest negotiation of my life. I'd never negotiated. I'd never done comps. I didn't know what houses even cost, but it was such a dump and I didn't, I kind of didn't want to do it. So it was just, well, what do you think? Just throw us a number. Like, just tell us something. And I, I'm sure it was 45 minutes standing in the kitchen, just going back and forth, me delaying the, yeah, yeah, the offer. The number, so yeah. I said, you know what? 60,000. And he's like, okay, well, I'll talk to the family. The next day they phoned us back and they're like, yeah, we'll take it. Wow. And I was like, oh, oh now God. what? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so then I think we had a month or six weeks possession and they weren't cleaning it out. And there was quite a bit of a hoard. And I said, you know what, knock 2,500 bucks off and we'll finish the rest of it for you. So my very first purchase was 57.5. My family came down from Saskatoon every single weekend. I was there every other hour that I could squeeze. We renovated it in four weeks. The, the tenant came in halfway through. There was no kitchen, no bathroom. He's like, I trust that you have it done. I, I, I need a place to live. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had it rented out by, I think this was end of September. By November 1st, he moved in. And then in January, we refinanced and put a mortgage on it, had the lease in place. And that's how it started. Oh, so I think we, we were in it for about 70000 and refied for one twenty five. So I paid for all the coaching, paid and even part of the next down payment for the next. Oh, that is property. a beautiful story. And you yeah. have you all held on to that property ever since? We do. We Good. still have it. Yeah, it's one of sure. our best performing ones too. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for sharing that story, <laughs> Jancy. So, so that definitely got you got the bug. So yeah. that's way better than than squishing people's backs and and. Yeah throwing weights around, although I'm sure you're passionate about that as well. So when did you really kind of kick things into gear and decide to pursue this as your main thing? Well, or I have you? Or do you still do the the other stuff as well? I still teach Zumba actually twice a week because <laughs> right. I really enjoy it. Um, I thought, oh, I'm going to live off the cash flow of these properties. And it was abundantly clear very quickly the furnace goes down, you need some shingles, like you can't pull that money out. So we don't take anything out of these properties. We just leave all the cash in there. Um, Cause sometimes you have vacancies and you know, all the what ifs we were, we got, I think two or three more rental properties and we were going to do buy and hold real estate. And I thought flipping is scary. I don't want to do this. Mm. But then my parents who are our joint venture partners were like, okay, we're done. Like if this is what you want to do, cause this is what you want to do figure it out. Like you have to do this on your own. Right. And so that's what I had to start learning how to raise investor capital because it wasn't coming from anybody else. Yeah. And we found a house, we flipped it. My husband and I did all the work ourselves. Wow. Took over five months. We were married. We didn't have kids yet, but we saw the and, value. And, and the marriage survived. The marriage survived. <laughs> Lots of people said you can flip a house or go on a long vacation with your spouse and you make it then it's a good marriage. <laughs> like we definitely got on each other's nerves for sure, but yeah. we just knew the end result and what it was going to give us. So we kind of swallowed our pride and yeah, we would bicker. And, yeah. but I think we did, we did pretty well. We survived and uh, we made a pretty healthy profit on that one. Nice. And then after that, Stefan Arnino rolled through town uh -huh. and I had met Stefan, Stefan a few years before, even when he was still, training, but he was the youngest guy that I knew in Canada that was raising money. And he was younger than me at the time. And I wasn't even 30. So I, he said, well, great. You created another full-time job for yourself. Like figure it out. What did you make per hour? Yeah. That's a, it's a nice, healthy hourly rate, but he's like, you want to start having kids, don't you? And I said, yeah. He's like, well, it's not scalable. You have to treat, either you're going to do this as a hobby, or you're going to treat it as a business. So what do you want to do? So why don't do it as a business? So he said, great, I will teach you how. Nice. And so I ended up, I was one of his early students. I was with him for 18 months and I was actually 
pregnant during that time. And we had one day he was in our market and I was in his. So my last one day, I was nine months pregnant. I <laughs> drove to Winnipeg with my 80, at the time, 83 year old grandma. And it was like the longest five hour drive because I had to stop every Every, hour. 47, every 47 minutes to take a picture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then my grandma ended up having to leave. Um, and I'm now stranded in Winnipeg. And I ended up getting flown home. WestJet allowed me to fly home because it was yeah. only a 40 minute flight. It was way more comfortable. And three days later, my son was born. <laughs> so thank Did you name him me. Stefan? No, I didn't. But there's some really good pictures of Stefan and my kids oh, when we, I saw him in Vancouver. And for, and for those that aren't familiar, Stefan Arnio is a, a good friend of mine and Jancy's uh, mentor early on. And unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago at a very, very young age. Um, so that was that was tragic. But uh, the impact he had while he was here was pretty amazing. So he's left a, a lasting legacy. That's for sure. All right, Jancy. So you got you got the training from Stefan. And when it comes to flipping, there's no better no better training out there. And, as, and and he's very, very smart about how to create systems and processes and teams. So what did you really take from that? And how have you applied that to your real estate investing business? Well, that was the whole thing. I didn't have a system. I was just trying to do everything myself. Yeah. And you then, and your husband doing all the renos yourself. Yeah. That's not. And that once good. I had my son, there is no way I can be at the job site, on the mm-hmm. tools, doing flooring, doing paint, there's just no way. So it forced me into being a good delegator, a good manager. Um, so was it your husband having to do all this stuff by this time or do oh, <laughs> he, he's else. kind of like out of it by this point, he does have a, another full-time job. So yeah. he kind of said the same thing. Like I can't do both. If this is what you want to do, then you have to do it. You got to figure it I out. I know we talk a lot about me and my, it almost sounds like I'm single. I'm not single. He is around. He does support it, but I'm doing 90 five percent of uh, of the real everything. estate business yeah, yeah he's got yeah. his own full-time job you're doing the real estate business that's your baby yeah you're, you're in charge of that okay so how did you how did you set up your business what is your what does your business look like now to get all of these flips done I have a really good group of contractors that I've used for probably five years now I've so gone those are independent contractors they're not your correct. own employees correct okay correct yeah. yeah I don't have any of my own employees. I sub everything out. I have a bookkeeper now because that was driving me nuts. I was spending way too much time. Something I don't want to do. So let's get someone else to do it. And it saves me much more time. And at the end of the day, probably money. Oh, huge. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, I raise all my investor capital. I have a power team, mortgage brokers, lawyers, accountants, everybody who you need to have. And now I've established these relationships for so many years. It's, it's a lot faster in the beginning. It takes time. And the raising the capital thing was always so scary. I was, I wasn't even 30. Who's going to give me money to invest. And it did take time. We, we would do private money or hard money and family and friends. And it just eventually snowballed from there. We got referrals from the ones that we had and it just kind of grew from there. And we were able to do multiple projects at once. So then I have two or three crews going all at the same time. And that's a lot to manage. And I found that when you got little kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I found there's a lot of good trades people out there, but they don't necessarily know how to run their business or run a schedule or market or anything. So it's kind of like I got these guys that nobody else knows about, which is great. 
Um, and I kept them very organized and they went off and did other jobs together and they would come back to me and they're like, Oh, so unorganized. We were so behind schedule and this and like, Oh, it's so much nicer working with you. I'm like, well, Hey, you know what? So I was going to ask that question, Johnson, because at this time, it's early 2023 that we're recording this. We're, you know, still in the go, go, go times, real estate market wise, or at least we were up, up until last year, very, very hard to find good tradespeople. Did you have any challenges during the go-go time there, keeping these guys busy and and not losing these really good trades guys that you had gathered? I There has been a few changes in the last year. Yeah. Um, I definitely slowed down. But when you look at the long-term picture, like being pregnant and doing all these flips, it, it went like this. Sometimes yeah. I'd have four at once. And then now, then for the last six months, I had nothing. And yeah. then all of a sudden, November, December, I picked up three more. Yeah. And so it just goes like this. And as long as you can ride it and be prepared, then you're fine. Yeah. Um, I think they had a few changes on their end prices. I lucked out on the last ones. They didn't raise their rates yet. Oh, so I okay. caught it as a good time. Um, you just have to buy better. You can't force yeah. the numbers. So I'm really, you, you can't force the numbers on the cost of materials and the cost of labor that you can't fool around too much with what you can massage better, the terms and the price of buying the property in the first place. Yeah. And force the ARV. I think that was a, a lesson early on too. Okay. Realtors telling you what you want to hear and they send you comps, but they're sending you the best comps at that time. And right. now I, I get the listings emailed to me every single morning. I can see what happens. I see how long those listings are sitting there. It's a small market. So mm. you kind of know where, where things are at price point wise. But in the beginning, I was in the process. I think I had my son in the middle of that one flip and, oh yeah, you can sell it for 330,000. Well, the market started to go down, but he was already at an inflated price anyways. And that yeah. was one of the ones one of the biggest learning lessons was that one yeah. and getting second opinions and, and, and learning how to I do your own gut, comps. Yes. Right? I had a gut feeling I should just do this myself, but I thought, man, he must know what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a lot of other flippers get burned in the same, doing the same I, thing. I would imagine. Yeah. Cause I've, that's the challenge with flipping, right? Is it's it, you're so dependent on that ARV that after repaired value, what you're going to be able to sell it for because you're you're typically you're not buying and renovating this property to hold on to it long term you right. want to get it sold as quickly as possible and turning it into a long term rental probably doesn't make sense from a cash flow perspective it it just probably makes a lot more sense to to sell it and and make the profit right up front there so yeah that's good 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 wisdom there understand your market get more than one opinion on ARV, figure out how to, you know, at least ballpark it yourself. I love the fact that you're keeping tabs on things and really paying attention to what's going on with these daily emails. Anything yeah. else, any other big painful lessons that you, that you had to learn that, that you've integrated now? Um, I think what about supply chain stuff when everything went crazy and, and prices, first of all, you couldn't get stuff and then the prices skyrocketed. Did that affect anything for you? It did. Yeah. I had two projects I was working on last November and usually I'm in and out of these things in four or five months. Yeah. And I budget like worst case scenario, six, seven months, both of them went eight months. Ooh. And usually I could get kitchens and windows within eight to 10 weeks. Both of them were four months. 
So that was the big holdup. I couldn't get a kitchen. So then it took production took 10 weeks. And then once they got it there, then, well, we need installers. The same thing happened with siding. And so now it's January, February. They've laid off a lot of You're in Saskatchewan. So yeah, again, not a great time. And then it's it's too windy. It's too cold. Like then it backlogs everybody else in the city who's using them because they're one of the bigger companies. And then they would have all subcontractors as well. And so that was... Luckily, I I get my houses with enough of a margin. I didn't get myself in trouble. Good. If if I didn't buy right, I probably would have been crushed. And I and I could see other investors getting crushed on a deal like that. Yeah. Whereas I didn't. All the investors still got paid. I didn't get paid as much, but that's on me. Um, that's investors get paid out first, and that's the cost of doing them, them's them's the licks, right? Yeah, I know. I've got a friend, you probably know him, uh, John Simcoe, who's who's actually now in Winnipeg again. And I think his his specialty is around rent home, but I think he started to work with a lot of flippers that their deals went upside down and he's starting to partner with them to figure out a different exit strategy oh, for these okay. properties to keep them afloat. Because yeah, that is the big challenge. So what do you, what's kind of your go-to rule of thumb as far as maximum amount amount that you will pay for a property and maybe give us an idea of like a typical deal that you're doing these days 2023 what does that look like like what's the initial purchase price that you're looking for what's the initial you know amount of instant equity that you need to have in that deal how much does it typically cost you to fix it up so what what does a deal look like for for Jancy in so I'm always looking for a 30% margin. Yeah. And I remember in the beginning, I thought, man, that's like crazy. And some people said that's it. Those deals don't exist. So what, what it, for do. people that haven't done a flip, what does that even mean exactly? Give us some examples of some numbers, if you would, Jen. So a 30% margin. So the after repair value, the ARV, so say it's 300,000. I'm not good with doing math in my head. Well, let's do 400,000 because it's a it's an even number. It might be easier to, to do it that way. Um, $400,000. And I want 30% from that. So I've already had the purchase price. Then I have holding costs and my renovation. And there still should be 30% left. Okay, so, so I give 10% yeah. to my investors. 10 is the holding costs. And then 10% is for me. I've tried forcing numbers before. And Stefan's even told me, don't do that. And that's the reason why. So I've done deals at 25. I can sometimes squeak by, Mm -hmm. but anything less. Yeah. yeah. Um, You're just stressing yourself out. (laughs) And you're sitting there hoping like, oh, I hope they buy it at the asking price where there's competing offers. But um, Saskatchewan, the, the market's so consistent it 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 goes up and down but we don't get these huge spikes like you guys see yeah. in bc and ontario it just Definitely. and even alberta um it's just pretty consistent no, i think the beautiful. stuff i bought 15 years ago is the same value now <laughs> wow so we're i'm just i just crunched the numbers here so if that's a four hundred thousand dollar property that's the arv the after repaired value um and you need to have a 30 percent margin in there that means that all in the purchase price, holding costs, financing costs, um, sales costs, all of that cannot exceed $280,000. Does that sound about right? Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So 
So for that $400,000 property, you got to be going in there and probably buying that for under, under 200,000. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say the average reno for me is about 75 to a hundred thousand. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. You got to get smoke a deal. So where, what are you finding works best for you? And just for folks that aren't familiar with, with your area, what's the population base you're working in? How, how far you're, you're in Regina, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I think so, Regina is about 230,000 to 50,000. Yeah. So for, our American, for our American listeners, it's a, it's a small city. That's for sure. So not a huge market. And what are you doing to beat the bushes to find leads for properties? What do you find works best for you these days, Jensen? In the beginning, it was driving for dollars and stuff, um, sending out mailers. I, but I have not done that in probably five years. Wow. Um, a lot of the deals have either been wholesalers approaching me, an MLS one that I can negotiate down far enough that it makes sense, or they've all been private referrals from previous deals that I've done. So these last three that I got in November and December were all private. Someone approached us in distress. And but how was, did they even know you existed? From me posting, I think, on, on social media. Right. I, so that's the advantage yeah. of being in a small town, too. You become known as the go-to person, the, the, the house flipper, right? People that can and consistently... I, I'm not consistent on social media, but it's been seven years of me posting about my flips before and after videos, me buying materials. So they know that I've been active doing this. And the question usually is, are you still flipping houses? And I'll respond with yes. Okay. I have a friend or something, or I know of somebody and can I give them your number? And that's how it started. These last three, that's exactly how that started. Well, that's, that's wonderful. That's word of mouth is, yeah. but it took a while to get there. So Absolutely. at the beginning you did all the hard work and, and, and back in the day, like if you were talking to a, a newer flipper, a wannabe flipper, if you were starting over again with your knowledge, but without what, you know, if you're starting over in a new town, yeah. what would you do to, uh, to generate leads these days? I would do the same thing. I would, I would, they call them farming your market or farming your area. So yeah. pick some areas in town where you would want to do deals. My creme de la creme is first time buyer market. So the average house price in Regina is about 330, but those first time buyers are between like 250 and 300. So I'm there about a thousand square foot bungalow. I'm usually getting them for 150,000 and renovate there are some light reno there's still deals like the one i did before it was 60,000 i have another one bought for 130,000 this is 2023 and deals do exist but you have to ask mm -hmm. so i think when talking to newer investors find that area send out mailers go around just driving for dollars means you drive around and look for the worst house on the block and you put a letter in their mailbox or you mail it out or do you do whatever you want? But that's how I generated stuff in the beginning. And we did get a few deals from that. And I think the biggest thing is actually doing the work. I would go to all these events for so many years and rich dad ones and conferences and stuff. And you, you get there, you haven't seen people in, in a year. Okay. What kind of deals did you do? What, what's going on? Well, I didn't do anything. Yeah, I was busy or like, 
And I just thought, man, you've spent so much money on your education or, or just getting to these, it's like, they're a, a junkie, like a, a seminar, seminar junkie. junkie. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, and I love seminars too, but, but you do I, stuff. We do stuff. That's the yeah. Difference. And I think the biggest takeaway would be just, just got to do it. Oh, if, if somebody's yeah. entering you or somebody's, or even if you're not find somebody to just hold your hand. And that's what I had with Stefan. And, mm-hmm. and he would go, don't do that. Oh, and, and he was not, a, he was not a gentle coach. He would, no. he would tell you what, what he thought. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. That reminds me when I way back in the day, 2003, when I was first starting, same idea I attended one of these, actually, I, I sent away for a home study course and American guru and all this kind of stuff. And got my car all decked out with I buy houses and got my business cards and started doing stuff and started doing, wasn't doing flips. So I was doing creative deals. And then the guru came through town, did a big event in Edmonton. So uh, went over to Edmonton, spent big bucks, relatively speaking, like five grand to attend this three day thing. Yeah. And there were like literally 800 people in this, in this event, hundred and some of us from BC so they they got us all networking and everybody from BC got together and we all said, hey, we should get together and support each other. And of course, everybody lived in Vancouver. I live in Kamloops. It's four hours away. We should support ourselves, get together every every Saturday and have a self-help group. So great, I'm in, count me in. So get back. A couple of weeks later, we it's organized for the first meeting. I jump in my iBuy houses minivan, head across the Coquihalla, drive four hours, get to the meeting. It's going to be like an hour meeting. Everybody's there. Okay, everybody. Rah, rah, rah. Uh, who's done anything? Okay. I put my hand up. Yeah, I've, I've done a few deals. Okay, great. That's great, Dave. Okay, everybody else who's done anything? Nobody's done anything. Okay, well, let's let's get started with baby steps. For next meeting, let's have our business cards ready. And we'll, yeah. What? So, okay, get back in the van, go back to Kamloops, do my thing for a week, go back the next week. Again, it's a Saturday morning, right? Show up there. Half as many people as the week before. Nobody's done their damn business cards. Everybody's putzing around. So basically within four weeks, that group fizzled right out to nothing. And just like you said, everybody paid all this money and nobody did a darn thing except for a couple of us. So yeah, it's, it's surprising. So Jancy, as we're, as we're wrapping up the conversation here, let's talk a little bit about private money, because it sounds like you got off to a good start with mom and dad and then after they got you going, they said, okay, spread your tiny wings and figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> then you did your, your first hands-on flip with your husband and you guys, uh, the marriage made it through that and he helped you out with all of that. And then he said, Hey, this is your thing. Figure it out. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to do that anymore. Uh, so you've got the business going and you've started raising capital. How, how are you doing it and how, what have you found to work best for you? Well, we do have probably 300,000 that I can just make some phone calls and the deal is done. So then it's that second one that I need. Um, It depends too. Sometimes the investors have it and they don't, it kind of rides like this. So I have a mortgage broker that I work with in Alberta and I've had a really good track record with them and they just do an email blast to their network. And I don't know what it looks like, but from what I've heard is Hey, Jancy has another one who's interested. And then she's like, we can finance it within 24 hours. Nice. Yeah. So I think what they used to do, she's like, we just link your website to the 
the link uh, or the email. And we also provide obviously some details about the house and details about you, but we said check out her Facebook and her website and stuff like that. And generally they can see that I'm active. I'm not just a fly-by-nighter. I've been doing this for a long time. And so that's an easy way. I would like to kind of get away from it because the fees. Yeah. Well, yeah. The mortgage broker's got to make some money too, right? So yep. that's, that's, no, that makes sense. But hey, it's it's quick, easy access to capital when you need it. Yep. And that's that's huge when you're in this business. Fantastic, Jancy. I really, really appreciate the conversation. Um I recall you and I meeting years ago at a at an event in Saskatoon or Regina or yep. somewhere. That's yep. for sure. So so hats off to you. And I remember you were going concerned there, and it's even even bigger and better now. So keep up the good work. If people want to connect with you and find out more about you, where can they go? They can find me on Facebook, Instagram. I started TikTok now, but it's all Jancy Templeman. And you can find me anywhere. You can get in touch touch with me, just DM me. Um, I also have my website, walkerwakefield.com, but the majority of the newer stuff is just going to be on my Facebook and Instagram. All right. And Jancy is with a J, J-A-N-C-I, Temple Man. All right. Perfect. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much, Jancy. Thank you very much. All right, everybody. Take care. Talk to you in the next episode.